the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome everyone to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. Uh, Bridget McDowell here with you and Eric Silva Brenneman. Uh, just the two of us today, but we'll uh, got some random notes to hit here. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. We've had a um... We've kind of had the 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 temperature shift here in the <laughs> Twin Cities in Minnesota. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was the one day. Uh, I think it was was it Thursday? It was Wednesday or Thursday where it, it proceeded to drop like forty degrees in yeah. a day, twenty four yeah. hours. Because <laughs> I went on a run early and it was like sixty five and cloudy yeah. and humid. I mean, it felt like almost like a July morning. Um. And then by the evening, it was in the 30s, and we woke up to, like, 20s. Yes. (laughs) Bottomed out. Um, Yeah, it was weird. So, yes, winter is indeed coming. Um, Mm -hmm. Not a lot to report. Uh, I hope listeners have been enjoying our uh, Dave's I Know mashup that we've started. We'll have another round going out this week, and then we'll actually be into it. Bridget, we were just talking before we started to record that the World Cup starts a week from today, which is wild just bananas to kind of conceptualize yeah (laughs) um how are you i'm all right yeah weather's been a little weird but uh i'll take it honestly Mm -hmm. um yeah not a whole lot going on so yeah see if we see if i feel like getting into the world cup once it comes around i might just ignore it but you know it's (laughs) it's, that is not a bad move and it's completely understandable why you would do such a thing <laughs> considering all the bad stuff around it which we will definitely cover on the program um we it, two it's still unnamed at this point um rob peterson Roberto gave us a good suggestion with um what do you call it the minnesota football daves which i kind of like so maybe i'll that, roll with that one for a little while that works yeah, yeah. i saw that one yeah. um but we have a few things here like you mentioned um why don't we start with we had some MLS expansion draft with St. Louis. Are, are they calling themselves St. Louis? That was like totally Midwestern. St. Louis. St. Louis. No, it's, uh, it's St. Louis. I, yeah, I, I speak French, though. I should just say St. Louis. <laughs> St. Louis. Um, is it SC? Is that what they're going with? Yeah. So the soccer club. Um, why don't you take us through a, a couple little highlights, if you don't mind, Bridget? Yeah, so uh, Minnesota fans can breathe a sigh of relief or or maybe they were hoping certain players would go, but St. Louis did not select any Loons players. Um, five selections are all domestic players. I think the the key one of note here is Indiana Vasilev from Inter-Miami, who, if you watched uh, Minnesota United against Inter-Miami, you will have remembered his name from the many times that we mentioned him on the show yep. here after that game. Yep. Um, Likes to the, dunk on us. Yep. <laughs> Domestic player on loan from Aston Villa. So St. Louis will still need to work with the EPL to get him uh, fully on board and on their roster. 
Um, but he's played for, I think it was the St. Louis City 2 coach, um, U.S. Uh, youth national team as well. So pretty well known in that area um, and a solid young domestic pick. Uh, their other picks are Nico Giochini from uh, Orlando City, also a forward for the national team. Uh, New England Revolution center back Jonathan Bell, FC Cincinnati left back John Nelson, and New York Red Bulls forward Jake LaCaba. Of course, they after they make their, their picks, they do still have a little bit of movement. So um, they also traded LaCaba to Inter Miami uh, oh, for $150,000 in GAM for 2023. And then they acquired uh, Houston's Tim Parker for 500000 general allocation over two seasons. Um, so a couple of solid picks to, mm-hmm. to kind of build the spine of their squad. Um, good young guys, fairly cheap guys too mm-hmm. um i think it'll help them definitely build that spine a little bit and uh make them a little less dependent on you know getting the the big ticket players coming in yeah remind me does, does st louis land on the east or the west they That's the issue with like the, the midwestern teams it can kind of float both ways yeah i think they got shuffled east okay let me double check that though it's okay i i I put you on the spot but i'm I'm just i'm just thinking about that in my head like how's this all gonna line up in terms of the the balance of numbers yeah and and austin had to kind of bounce back and forth too um yeah so i'm gonna pull that up real quick yeah while you're looking at that I'll, i'll get started on the uh rosters for world cup um, we don't need to spend too much time on this because we'll, I'm sure we'll go more in depth on the uh, on the, the Dave's project as well. Uh, but just to look briefly at the U.S. men's national team here, I don't know if there were any really big surprises for for most people or, or, or you, Bridget. But like the one that everybody is talking about is obviously the omission of Zach Steffen as keeper. Um, it's, I mean, it sounds like Matt Turner is going to be the guy. It's going to be the starter, and. You know, he, he obviously wasn't getting the playing time at uh, at Man City. So then he moves to, I think it was Middlesbrough, if I'm not mistaken, right? He moves to Middlesbrough to get the playing time and, like, essentially do the thing he was told to do and then still gets cut. <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know, that, 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 one, that one sat kind of poorly for, for some, I know. Uh, but so he is not on the plane, uh, not going to be there. Uh, any other names there that maybe – you wish or would have been in there that were omitted or any surprises of people that, that were taken in, in your opinion, my dog is uh, <laughs> squirrel. In, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy the bigotes. Uh, but yeah, anything there that you noticed? Uh, I think, yeah, I think Stefan was the big one. Um, good to see Matt Turner finally, finally getting in there uh, in Stefan's absence. Um, no Pepe. Right. That, was, that is another one. I think that's I think that's probably the the biggest one for me. Mm-hmm. Um there and there were if you were following on the um the Titanic that is Twitter these days, um <laughs> there was quite a bit of 
Very of good. backlash uh, over that as well. Um, however, I mean, I think it's it's still a solid, tested squad. It it is tough to see some of the players who um, did so well to get the team here not get a nod uh, to to go on to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, couple guys who have like Nike ads and 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 all of the. Uh, the lead-up deals who won't be on the squad in, in Qatar is kind of ridiculous, but true. Um, I think it's still a, they're still contenders. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they come together since um, some of those players are missing. Yeah. Uh, also with regards to forwards, PFOC was another one that yeah. I think a lot of people were thinking, just, just considering how well he's doing right now in Bundesliga and, in a team that's that's actually at the top of the league or bouncing around the top of the league, uh, he's scoring tons of goals, but uh, he did not make the cut. So we'll see. And that's always like the big thing, right? Like we, the, the the midfield and defense, pretty solid. It's like who is the attacker? Who is who's who is the number nine? Who's the striker? Who's gonna just be the the destroyer for the goals? And and that question just kind of flips all over the place. But um, it's not gonna be either of those two that we mentioned. <laughs> so <laughs> so we shall see. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about that. You know, I'll just tune another plug. We'll tune in for you're going to get it regardless if you listen to this program because it's going right. to fall into yeah. the feed. <laughs> but yeah. it'll be in the next round here. We'll talk more about the U.S. and, and their draw. It's going to be a it's going to be a really interesting one. Their group is it's kind of up in the air. Like I, that's one of the ones where I was going through building my uh, my predictor and I spent some time there. And I'm just like, man, this is I really I really don't know. I could see it going so many different directions and. Iran is one of those teams where, you know, they could really, they could really be like a, a wrench in the, in the cogs in the system and, and upset some things. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Tough one. Um, um, to go, ahead, go back to, so to go back to MLS real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, so St. Louis would be playing in the West. Um, in the West. So, so, so look forward to some more Indiana Vasilev content coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nashville will get shuffled back to the east. I think I saw oh, Austin okay. earlier, but it's That's right. Nashville. Um, so that'll yeah, their their travel last season was insane. So that'll yeah. be nice for Nashville to get back into the uh, Eastern Conference. Western Conference, of course, makes sense for St. Louis. They're mm-hmm. due south of us. So um, yeah. if Kansas City is in the west, St. Louis may as well be in the west. Um, right. I would guess we can look forward to an interesting rivalry week, but potentially. Potentially. Uh, some although, some fabricated rivalry yeah, that yeah, you know, quote unquote. May or may not happen. Rivalry. It'll it uh, a fabricated rivalry that'll still be Portland in the end. Exactly. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Uh, um, yeah. So anyway. Cool. Thank you for that. I, I have a feeling we've probably talked about it. We probably talked about it like a couple months ago, and like yeah, and it, remember we and talked. It about wasn't like ago. completely settled and right all, all of that. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. CCL for uh, the next year, 2023, is lined up, and 
I'm looking at shields right now. <laughs> I should put better names and countries in here. I know the uh, the uh, extra time guys did a really deep dive as they always do. So if you want to get all the information on all the teams, that's the place to go. Uh, but we got um, Violet versus Austin FC. I want to say Haiti there, Violet. Just assuming it <laughs> looks like a French name. Uh, Tauru versus Leon. Um, again, Tauru. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe Honduras. Uh, Tigres, Orlando City, uh, Motagua, Pachuca, Real España, and the Whitecaps, uh, Alajuense, Alajuelense, and LAFC, Olympia, and Atlas, and Alianza, and Philadelphia. And I think the way this is set up, I, I, didn't, I didn't put the brackets in the right way, but there is a potential, I think, for Philly and LAFC to meet once again <laughs> in a final, which would be incredible. That would be hilarious. Yes. Yes, it would. Um, Taro is Panama City. Oh, sweet. Their full Thank name you. is Panama. Taro FC Panama. Ah, see? It's right there. Right there. So that'll get moving down the road. But uh, yeah, it, it would an MLS final rematch would be, come on, script writers, give it to us. That's the narrative. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, again, uh, I will specifically be talking about this on the other one about the Brazilian Seleção, it's in. Just, you know, what can you say? Uh, best players in the world, it's a stacked roster. And even, I put in here, even the bench, uh, a lot of these people that probably won't even see any playing time, like half the national teams would just die for <laughs> to be playing, starting for their teams. <laughs> like Gabriel Jesus and Richarlison are almost like afterthoughts and they'll probably ride the pine. And they're just like, extremely talented strikers mm -hmm. so i mean that's just kind of goes to show the the depth of what's happening here the one big surprise is is danny alves uh pushing 40 years old at, at pumas in mexico this will be his third world cup i'm not sure if we even get any playing time he might just kind of be there as a player coach or the like <laughs> super experienced veteran maybe he does but you know he's it's just it's just hard to imagine he's gonna be doing a lot other than maybe giving vibes and just wanting to lift a cup yeah it's kind Again. of it's yeah it's mm -hmm. insane to include him when you have all of these other names mm -hmm. like i i can see if if you have like a dwindling squad like let's include the veteran let's get him in there yeah um but when you have all these other guys who are probably gonna sit on the bench <laughs> yep yep yeah i mean what a I'll, problem I'll to have. I know. <laughs> right? I know. It's it's so true. It's so true. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention like some of the some of the big names that are not even on this list. Like the one that you would of course recognize, Bridget is Firmino, didn't even make it. Um, yeah, and there's so many more like that. Um, all right, let's go to um, Justin. He's got a Europa League update for us. So take it away, Justin. Hi, uh, this is Justin Paul again with updates on Europa League, Conference League, and the Turkish top flight. My team, Fenerbahce, win their group in Europa with a 3-3 draw over Ren in match day five being the height of the drama. Fener are down nil three. Come back. Two of those goals are scored when the first choice keeper, Steve Mondanda, longtime France number two, ex-Marseille player, warhorse, age 36 years old, he's taken out with an injury. Young Turkish prospect Doan Alemdar comes in, concedes two very well-struck goals, but they are both near pulse. So one of them could have been saved, maybe. But uh, his first time back in Turkey after leaving Kayseri Spor in central Turkey, 
a year and a half ago, I believe. Then Fenner beats Dinamo Kiev in the final match with young Arda Guler, remember the name, 17-year-old prospect, already scoring some goals in the Turkish Super League, but now he gets a volley out of the air uh, for the first goal and, and then a beautiful corner kick to William Arau uh, as an assist for goal two. Uh, the young starlet has made his mark on Europe and he will only do brighter things. Uh, other Europa League things, I would note Union St. Joao's lose to Union Berlin, but the Belgians still win the group. Uh, but Union Berlin advances over Braga for that, that second spot. Braga are a long-time tricky Europa team, so they're in the conference. The tightest group was the one where it was uh, everybody was eight or five points, and that group saw Feyenoord and Meditlan begin on five points, both win their matches. Feyenoord beat Lazio, Meditlan beat Sturm Graz, then Everybody's on eight points. All four teams are on eight points. And it's all about goal difference and goal scored. Meditlan first. They go into round 16. Sorry, Feyenoord first, round 16. Meditlan into round 32. Lazio into conference. And Sturm Graz are out. Uh, Ferenc Varos would would win their group despite losing on the Black Sea of Turkey to Trabzonspor. They finish first in that group. Monaco beats Red Star Belgrade to finish second. And the Turkish champions, unfortunately, are going into conference. Uh, um, And then... um, uh, we also had uh, some interesting results with uh, Real Sociedad pipping Man U for that group. So the Basques will go to the round of 16 and Man U will play in the round of 32. Um, in uh, Conference League, you had uh, two Turkish group winners. Uh, Sivaspor, I mentioned last time, hold on. They they win over CFR Cluj or Romania. Both groups, uh, teams advance. And then Istanbul Basakşehir who beat Fiorentina 4 4-1. They go through on goal difference to win the group. Fiorentina is second. So good year, good good time for Turkish clubs. Also a shout-out to Joy Gordon of Stockholm. They win their group. Uh, most recent Swedish football success in club level in Europe has been from, like, say, Malmö. Or, or, uh, but now a Stockholm team's in an out round, so well up, well done to the Blue Saints. Lech Poznan of Poland finished second under Epi Villarreal. Poland, a big country, but has not had a lot of out rounds in Europa or conference, rather. So uh, well done to, to them. And, and Poznan is also the team that originally birthed Lewandowski many, many years ago. Um, the minnows I mentioned last time from Lithuania and Armenia, Zeldris Vilnius and Punic Yerevan did not go through. That was no big surprise. And uh, and that's basically oh, also back to Europa. Olympiakos finished bottom. It's a terrible year for Greek football. They only had one team in any of the competitions group stages because other teams got knocked out, and they got they finished last. So uh, while Turkey is doing well in Europe this year across the Aegean and Greece, it's been an absolute calamity. Um, some things about Turkey itself: Fenerbahce beginning to pull away a little bit, having just so much talent this year. They beat. Fatih Karagumruk, 5-4 in a barn burner. This little Istanbul team coached by Andrea Pirlo, a name you may know. And then they beat Istanbul Basakşehir here 1-0 with a sweet goal by Diego Rossi. Um, yesterday in the derby, Galatasaray beat Besiktas with two goals by Mauro Riccardi. So a very petulant player in his time at Inter and PSG, but he's finding his footing there. Uh, I would also note that uh, Trabzonspor have been still struggling to find their footing, but they uh, uh, do have a good Greek star in Anastasios Bakasetas uh, and also um, Trezeguet, who my Egyptian friend thinks is a um, uh, underperformer for the, the Egyptian national team, but he's doing uh, pretty well for them at the club level. So they're they're in the mix. And Besiktas have fired their coach, Valerian Esmail, 
Ismail is a French-German co-national from Strasbourg who spent most of his career in the German league, including for Bayern. Uh, he, he's also biracial. He's, a, he's of half Guadalupean descent. But he uh, got a very short trip to Besiktas, and they've now brought in former legend Shenel Gunesh. So we'll see if that, that brings a. Um, uh, they need more consistent, consistent goals, though. Uh, they have a Dutch star, uh, Woot Weghorst, along with some other players I mentioned last time, like like Moleka, but they're not consistent right now. Uh, and then also, uh, I, I would note that um, uh, I spoke, I misspoke last week. That uh, about Adnan Demirspor, Yunus Belhanda is Moroccan, not Algerian. They're still in the mix too, but they've dropped some key points recently. Uh, Belhanda and a Nigerian named Henry Onyekuru are their key players. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what that portends. My big thing about Turkey this year is that there are too many micro Istanbul clubs. There are four tiny Istanbul clubs that do not have that many fans. There are Istanbul Spor, Fatih Karagümrük, Spor, Kasem Pasha, and uh, some of the shocks here. Actually, there's five of them, and I would like to see a couple of them relegated. Uh, not Bashakshir because they're they're not they're not they're, they're too good, but uh, I think the league is too Istanbul centric right now, and I would like to see more Anatolian cities from places like Bursa, Izmir, Eskişehir, other places represented. But that is still a couple years away. Thank you much for your time. Bye. All right, obrigado. Thank you for that, Justin. And from there, we'll go to Champions League. So round of sixteen is all set, and we get some of these matchups that. Once again, these could be finals, but we're getting them early. Like the first one on the list here, PSG Bayern. That's coming right <laughs> away. It's like, hold on to your butts. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, Milan and Tottenham. Club Bruges. It's Benfica. Dortmund, Chelsea. I'm going to skip this one and come back to it for a sec. Uh, Frankfurt gets Napoli. Leipzig, Man City. Inter and Porto. Ooh, my voice cracked. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. It's early. All right. Bridget, once again, two teams that have absolutely no history between one another there. It's Liverpool and Real Madrid. <laughs> I feel honestly, like it's, it's a guaranteed matchup in the Champions honestly, League. I, I mean, why not? I guess. Wow. May as well just keep doing that. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just laughed when I saw that. I'm like, man, speaking of script writers, just like, yep, we're doing it. This is what's happening. I'm not sure why we bother with the draw anymore. Just, uh, just throw those two together and PSG yep. and Bayern and everything else. Yep. Kind of, I think Tottenham and Milan, pretty similar story there. I think they they, they do end up together. It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah. So it'll be. I think it's a pretty balanced draw this time around. Mm-hmm. I hope Salah has had a little bit of judo training because I think it's his turn. To maybe Uchimara somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, it, and it can't even be uh, uh, Sergio Ramos anymore. He's on PSG yeah. now. You gotta He's pick somebody it. else. Or, or maybe he just like flies out to the Bayern match and just like, hold on, hold on one sec. Like, I gotta throw this guy. <laughs> just throw me on the field for like 10 seconds. Give me, just give me a few seconds. That's all I need. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, it will be. It will be. There's some really interesting matchups here, like this Inter-Porto match I'm actually really curious about because I think Porto is one of the teams that I think a lot of people have been sleeping on, and I think they could actually go really deep. Um, just a really solid squad. And Napoli, you know, kind of cruised through the groups. Liverpool tested them, but this will be an interesting one for them as well. And then you got, like, these newbies we were talking about with kind of with the absence of a lot of the Spanish clubs, like 
Club Rouge and Benfica. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Totally up in the air. So Yeah, that'll be... I like some of these matchups that we see consistently year to year mm-hmm. because that history gets... It just makes it a little bit more fun. But, um, yeah, a matchup like Benfica and Club Rouge is going to be... Who knows? It, it'll be interesting in a different way. Just Totally. Two teams you'd never see together. So... Yep. Yep. All right. So here's just a little bit of some World Cup news that's kind of been breaking through the week. Um, Mostly, I tried to balance it out with some good and bad, but we'll start with some of the bad. So there was a Qatari ambassador that apparently went on German television. I'm sure you saw this, Bridget, and probably most listeners. And he called homosexuality, quote, damage in the mind, unquote. As the, as the country begins to start the tournament yep. in two weeks. Now, apparently, Infantino and FIFA like actually had talks with like the Qatari government, we were told, to kind of smooth these, th- these things out. Yep. Clearly, the message was not received. because Apparently, is... it's just other countries that are supposed to not mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Not great. Yeah, and he, he goes on to say that they they worry about, you know, children watching the World Cup, learning something and, and getting ideas and, you know, being brain damaged by seeing a uh, rainbow flag in a stadium or something. Um, not wholly surprising. Yeah, no, it's not. But <laughs> the fact that he was on like a, a European news program that just immediately like blasted worldwide from there. I was just like, okay, he's just going bold. <sighs> Pretty rough. You know, I'll, I'll skip down to this one because it kind of directly ties in. Um, and we, we, we talk about these, these little acts of, of protest and whether they're really going to do anything, but Harry Kane will more than likely be captaining England. And he said that regardless of what they try to do, he's going to wear the uh, rainbow captain's armband for England, which you know, get on him. That's that's a nice gesture, especially yeah. when the same week that this breaks, he's just like, you know what? I'm doing it. I don't care. Well, then uh, I think it was for Champions League. He was already told he won't be able to wear it. You even mm. shot it down. But he's I think he was saying about that one as well. He'll try to wear it anyway and see yeah. what happens. But um, yeah, I think we'll we'll see a few of those uh, a few of those acts of defiance. Yeah, that's a good segue. Uh, speaking of which, we had Hertha, Berlin, and Bayern Munich putting together a huge uh, boycott Qatar uh, banners, TIFOs all over the place when they played in the Bundesliga. And they talked about all the, the deaths that we've talked about here as well. 15, uh, 15 is it really 15,000? I thought it was like, no, wait a minute. Man, maybe so. Man, I thought it was like 6,000. That's insane. That's terrible. Um but again, what is it going to do at this point? Obviously, the tournament is not going to stop. It's happening. But it's interesting and, to see uh, kind of things starting to rev up. Go ahead. And Seth Blatter this week saying that um, it was the wrong decision. He should not have allowed Qatar. He said that? Be, uh-huh. Really? I missed that. Of course, coming from, I mean, coming from him anyway, uh, it's kind of a joke. But yeah. Um, and too little too late but he he right. did say uh at some i don't know who had him 
speaking or why because he's not really involved anymore yeah um but he did say like yeah that's that's right this this was not the best decision for huh man we might, we might start getting get some um get some early deathbed confessionals from that guy would be seriously pretty amazing Ooh, okay interesting um we talked about this before we started recording bridget um sadio mane was injured in this last Bayern Munich match and appears to be out of the World Cup question mark. However, Cisse, the uh, manager of Senegal, said he is still taking him and they're working on the treatments. He doesn't need surgery, so he's hoping he can play, but huge blow to the team if if he can't. So if and then, know. yeah, and, and now I guess we just kind of like wait and see. It's kind of the situation. That's tough. Yeah. I mean that that that's so tough that like like we were talking about. I, I have to like reformulate that group now. I think because I had Senegal going through, and now without Mane, I, I, I yeah. I, I mean know. it's it's all it's all built around him, and he's yeah. not uh, he's not one of those injury prone guys. So it's it's a very uh, poor uh, poorly timed. Yeah, um, shitty luck. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. And 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 just the character and the personality of of Mane too. The fact that he won the first ever Socrates Award as the as the humanitarian and and uh, player clearly focused on social issues outside of the game right. and doing things for his community. I mean that like that's a personality and that you want in this mess of a World Cup as a, right. as, a, as a contrast. You know what I'm saying? we'll see what happens there um let's see what else oh so denmark you know we, we already mentioned that they're they're doing their monochrome kit and covering up the badge and and the brand and everything like that just kind of as an act of defiance and protest against qatar apparently they were actually going to have training kits that uh promoted they basically said support human rights or or fight for human rights or something like that and fifa is now cracking down on that which you know it's it, it, it's it's like parenting like you're trying to, to parent the rebellious child and you're like no do right. that. what's that do <laughs> generally pushes <laughs> the opposite direction so so now i'm really curious to see what happens because i'm guessing they'll probably do it anyway or maybe even amp it up to whatever the next thing is right because um, because denmark has been like all in on this for for a while now too um yeah so and it's I, and it's not like they curious. chose a a political phrase it's literally just human rights exactly they kept it very general um which i think is like one of the they use that as one of one of the tenets for fifa to phrase differently obviously so that they can you know find the loopholes but um yeah it'll be it'll be fun to see uh how they ramp that up and uh work those loopholes a little bit and Agreed. just do it anyway. And I, I don't see them like just sitting it out and saying, okay, you're right. Yeah. Well, what, once <laughs> everybody's there and you're already training and you know, you're going to play, it's like, what are they going to do? So I, so they have to pay a fine. Like that's yep. going to stop them. I doubt it. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, all right. We're making really good time as I thought <laughs> we would last thing I got, um, Brazil wraps up this week, just w- right before the world cup starts. Um, Goyaz actually played today. So they were giving out 
kind of a, just like MLS does, you know, goalkeeper of the year, coach of the year, position of the year, blah, 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 same thing. I was pleasantly surprised and a little bit shocked, actually, that Pedro Raul, who is the striker for Goiás' Sporting Clube, my team, he won best striker, melhor atacante of the entire league. <laughs> so, he, I mean, so we're talking, he beat out like Gabigol at Flamengo, Pedro also at Flamengo, um, a lot of the really talented strikers at Palmeiras, uh, Inter, São Paulo, like all these bigger teams with, you know, right. in theory, bigger players, striker of the year from Goiás. Awesome. So, yes, I was really, really happy about that. Now, now the next question is, can they keep him around? I hope they can <laughs> kick, him some, kick him a nice bonus to be like, you know, one more year, my guy, please, one more year. Right. Because um, I'm sure some of the other teams are fishing. Um, you know, if, if he gets some looks from Europe and, and he has to go to Europe, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. I'd rather have him go to Europe than stay in the league and play for an opposing team. So we'll see. But anyway, yeah, that's my good news. Uh, Bridget, anything else? Any, any other good news or anything to add? No. All right. I do not. See, when Rodrigo's not here, we get this done in like half an hour. <laughs> it's also very slow right now in football world. That's just kind of yeah, like there's... calm before the World Cup storm. <laughs> but I'm still going to say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. right on. Well, I think that does it. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for a few more of the uh, Minnesota football Daves. We'll, we'll drop those episodes this week as well. And then we'll be into it. Like, then it's like, Cup starts, and I believe we're, we're talking about either single or bi-weekly. No, no, I remember how we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to wrap up every group. So, like, first round, and we'll talk about it. Second round, and we'll talk about it. Because otherwise, that just it's just too much. <laughs> we, <laughs> we'd be talking every day. It <laughs> is. Yeah, it's, that's a, it's a lot of soccer. It'd be a lot. Yep. Right on. Well, thank you, Bridget, and thank you, listeners. If you want to support the program, we are at patreon.com backslash mnfootballshow. And again, the other one will be coming in the feed. And that's all I got. Um, Enjoy the weekend. And uh, one week from today, here we go. Qatar, (laughs) Ecuador, whatever this thing is, it's apparently going to start. It's a thing, and it's happening. It's happening. (laughs) All right. Nice. Bye-bye. Bye.